Eat, drink, smoke, the snack size edition when you need just a little something to tide you over. Tony Katz, along with April D. Gregory and Fingers Malloy, Blend Bar Cigar is where we record, Indianapolis, Indiana. They're also in Nashville. They're in Houston. They are in Pittsburgh. BlendBarCigar.com, one of the great smoking lounges in all of America. If you live in those areas, check it out. If not, go visit. It's worth the visit. We are reviewing the... uh, this bourbon I am loving. New Riff. New Riff, R-I-F-F, Kentucky Straight Bourbon. We're talking about a butterscotch nose, as I call it, and candied orange on the way down. You will feel this on the back of the throat. It will sting the tip of the tongue. Um, I'm still doing it neat. I actually have a drop of water in here to open it up. and mm. oh. oh, that is just... Candied orange. There's no other way to describe it. And what we're smoking today for Eat, Drink, Smoke is the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos. This is a great mix of, of sweet and spice. The black pepper that hits all the way through the Cameroon wrapper. This is Dominican uh, in, its, in its origin. Um, this is not an inexpensive smoke. Between $35 and $50 a stick. This is a special occasion cigar. This is a uh, certainly um, not something to bring to the golf course. This is cert- well, you could bring it to afterwards, but not while you're on uh, the course. This is uh, if you're going to give this as a gift, it's a family member kind of gift. <laughs> this is a very special friend kind of gift uh, for sure, and just just terrific. I'm enjoying the daylights out of it. I've only had to get one relight, even with doing uh, the podcast as we do. Uh, fingers, April. Because we don't have enough to worry about in the world, zombie raccoons are here. You should be frightened. You should be afraid. This is out of Illinois, uh, the uh, Riverside area. These uh, raccoons have tested positive for something called distemper, which is, I guess, a disease that raccoons uh, get. Had it in college. It's no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) It's an antibiotic. It'll be fine. Some penicillin, a little cream. Right. I was good. You know, some light gauze. We were set. <laughs> so what they'll do is they'll walk on their back legs, they stagger, and they bare their teeth. So now they're warning pet owners. They've had to kill three of these raccoons in, in the area because of this uh, distemper. And these raccoons will be like, yeah, you're a dog. I don't care. Watch what I can do to you. So it's like... People are very worried, but they're worried for the wrong reasons because distemper is airborne. It's not that your dog has to be bit or scratched or anything else. If your dog is around the raccoon, your pet, I'm always thinking it's a dog because I think a cat would be like, I don't care, go away. Uh, Your dog can end up with with a serious, serious problem. Um, So this is... Like, this is the kind of stuff that people say is marks the end of days. Just, there, every day we are reminded of something that, oh, by the way, in case you were feeling, you know, like everything's fine and totally protected, there's something out there that is trying to kill you. Desperately trying to kill you. It's like that movie where they, they, they cheat death and then death keeps coming for them. What is that? Jackass? No. <laughs> right? Death is coming for you. It's coming. Tell me, zombie raccoons isn't the scariest thing you've heard all day. Zombie, the scariest thing I've heard all week. Zombie raccoons. 
Are you uh, now? By the way, I, I mean, I grew up in in New Jersey, and sometimes raccoons would get into garbage cans, and they freaked me out. I grew up with an irrational fear of squirrels. Growing up, those things are frightened me for years. I would say into my thirties, scared out of my mind about squirrels. But I never saw, and just their existence freaked me out. They, 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 they're too brazen. Don't get so close. But zombie raccoons, like this can happen. Like the the whole idea of there's there's these things that go on and all of a sudden there's some weird mutation the next thing you know. Well, and they're, they they walk on their back legs. Right. On their hind legs. So you've got these zombie raccoons coming at you on their hind legs. This is this is everything Wes Craven warned us about. And the thing <laughs> is, the, the thing is too, you, you have something like this happen. You're like, oh, this is something new everyone needs to worry about. Because, you know, for a while there was the Ebola. That was a big thing, you know. But then, well, Wait a second. And, and, and now, now it's the measles. Then and, it's yeah, the, and then the, we got to go retro with the measles. Uh, you, you know, it's always something new. Uh, and we thought we had some of this stuff uh, taken care of, and now they're coming back. There's and now we got to worry about zombie Maybe that's raccoons. It. You know, maybe if I just had to worry about the raccoon, I'd be like, you know what? I'd be fine. But measles is making a comeback. The mumps on college campuses making a comeback. It's it's insane. And I still don't have a good answer as to why it's happening. Why are these diseases coming back? Is it because of the the lack of, of vaccinations? Or is it uh, because um, of things going on of who's coming into the, the country? I can't tell you, but there are states now is it because safe. social media just tells us there's a bajillion people when really there's like not a bajillion people who you have measles? You mean a bajillion people what? We think everybody in the world has measles right now, but really not. Just everybody has social media, so it spreads. Like you didn't, you know, we used to get our news in the paper once a day and news didn't travel across country very fast. So you didn't know people had measles. By the way, Maine, the state of Maine had attempted to put an end to religious exemptions for vaccines. Because they're, they're, they're saying that not enough people are getting vaccinated. Not enough people are getting vaccinated. You don't have herd immunity, which is the idea that the, enough people have a vaccine so a disease can't actually spread. Well, they were going to put an end to religious exemptions for vaccines. They've now reversed course. But they're, they're uh, thinking about it. Actually, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I said that wrong. The Senate has ended religious exemptions for vaccines. It's not that they reversed course. They are ending it. Yeah. They're going to actually sign that into law and oh say, God. well, just because your religion says you don't get a shot, we don't care. Boom. You get a shot. How are they going to do that, by the way? who are they, Whose home are they going to break into and what child are they going to hold down? Tell me how this works. This is Elian Gonzalez 2.0, except the kid ain't in, you know, gun gunpoint in the closet, except they're not taking the kid. They're going to put the kid in a place where they can put a shot into him, and then the, what, the armed officers are going to walk out? Because how else does it work other than armed officers? Am I the first person to think about this? You're going to tell people they have to get vaccinated, they're going to say no, and now what? Well, I, I can actually tell you how it's going to happen. You're going to send your kid to school. Oh, yeah, go, go to school. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And then your kid's not going to come home from school. And then you, the parents, are going to be frantic. And you're going to call the school. And the school's going to say, uh, yeah, you need to call this number. And you're going to call this number. It's going to be some woman named Josie on the phone. And Josie's going to say, well, you didn't vaccinate your child. And here in Maine, you have to vaccinate your child. And, of course, give them a lobster roll. So if you want your child back, um, you're going to have to consent 
to a vaccination, but we're going to keep a good eye on them. Or they're going to come into the school, give them a vaccine or her vaccine, and the kids are going to go home and say, yeah, day, day was good. You know, we, we played kickball and we, we did, I, got, I, did, I got a B plus in the math test and I got a shot. And a lollipop. Like, that's what you're going to find out. You're not even going to have a say. They're going to keep your kid from you. Or your kid's just going to come home with a shot. And for those people who think, like, Tony, did you just say they're going to keep your kid from you? Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're going to like keep your kid from you. Child endangerment or something, and they're going to take him from you. Give him I, can't, care. I can't get behind this. Child Protective Services is out of mm-hmm. control in this mm-hmm. country. There needs yep. to be a reexamination. It's the whole Child Protective Services system that we have in, in the country today. Uh but what about the raccoons that are getting a vaccine? <laughs> yeah. Is there going to be a, a well, There's ra- no vaccine. That's just killing them. That's it. But, but what about us? Can I protect myself from this? I don't know if you as a human being. I think I read that it couldn't be transferred to humans, actually. Not that I think about it. You know what? Even though it's airborne, uh, a Fanimation fan will not spread <laughs> uh, the, the uh, distemper. That is affecting the raccoons. And Fanimation, one of our great sponsors, we're talking about beautiful ceiling fans for your home or for your office. They're here at Blend Bar Cigar, moving the air around, making the place feel comfortable and great. They're going to do great for your home. Indoor or outdoor LED lighting, customization like you wouldn't believe. Fanimation. Fanimation Fanimation.com. Now, the big story I wanted to get to was found in the New York Post. Men are afraid to mentor women after Me Too, and it hurts us all, according to a study. I didn't need a study. (laughs) I want to know how much they got paid to do the study. I would have done it for half. Men afraid. um, This the men the mentor her poll hashtag mentor her. Sixty percent of male managers report feeling too nervous about being accused of harassment to interact with women in common workplace activities such as mentoring, socializing, and one-on-one meetings. Yep, absolutely. And if you say, well, maybe you shouldn't be raping women, they're like, if that's one of your... Those are the answers. Maybe you shouldn't rape women. We're not talking about people raping women here. We're talking about people being accused of things they didn't do anything for. We're talking about everyday things and someone deciding, oh, I'm going to take that the wrong way or, oh, I'm going to take this this way or, oh, I don't like being mentored by you or, oh, I want to cause a problem or, or, or I saw it completely wrong and I decided somehow that I have the right to be offended by standard operating procedure of, hey, how are you? Love the shoes. Love the shoes could get you written up and could cost you your, your career. Why should men bother? You look great today. Gone. And, oh, oh, thank you. Wait, you were oh, no, you were, I mean, what was that okay. PBS uh, a radio host a month ago got in trouble and ended up quitting on the spot because all he did was when a guest came oh, and said the, the, you look the, great today. It wasn't PBS, it was it was uh, public radio okay, yeah. in St. Louis. Yeah. And he's 80. Yeah. And he had a guest coming in who was 75 and all he said was you look great. Which is there a way of saying when you're 80 to someone who's 75, hey, you're still alive, me too. <laughs> you're breathing. And, and a producer in the room got so offended, went to management, and management had to talk with this guy, you know, and he's like, whoa, whoa, are you telling me I did something wrong by telling this other woman she looks great? And the manager's like, well, it's right on the line. He's like, I'm done. And he quit on the spot. And they wanted to give him a lifetime achievement award. He's like, I'm not, getting, I'm not going for that. I'm not taking your damn award. People are crazy, and that's how he's remembered. Can you blame men, April? No, they're 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 hundred percent right. I, uh, how? I don't do know. You, 
I would never make the claim that all women aren't telling the truth. Like, I would never make the claim that all men aren't telling the truth. I would also never make the claim that all women or men are telling the truth. Right? Some people do lie. And we know that when it comes to this idea of harassment, we know when it comes to this idea of being inappropriate, it is all depends on one key subject if you're the woman and if, if it's a guy, and that all depends on harassment is a question of what, April? It's a question of attractiveness. If you fight, why are you laughing? <laughs> because I, I knew that was the answer, but I didn't know if that's where you were going with it. I didn't want to it's, say it. <laughs> if you find them attractive, it seems to be okay. And that's not somehow an attack on women. Facts as presented. But look what you have put out into society. Look at all the ways you have told people they're wrong if they do this. They were wrong for doing that. The little simple things, which are holding a door open is considered wrong. Or how dare you? I don't need your chivalry. Why do you think I'm some kind of weak person? What if, if everything you do is going to be used against you in the court of public opinion? Why do anything? Can I share a story with you? Uh, yeah, I only hope you do. Uh, several years ago, uh, in my uh, workplace, I was having uh, a problem with a supervisor. And someone on my level, she was female, the supervisor. And someone on my level, a woman, said, you know what? She's not being fair. You should just accuse her of sexual harassment. And all this will end. And I thought to myself, my God, it, have you done this before? When there was no sexual harassment just to well, get just to, just to, just to get someone off your back? How widespread is it? Now, I'm not saying that all women do this or this is actually a widespread problem. But just the fact that she would throw that out there, I thought to myself, my God, this is scary. This is, is scary, scary stuff. It is. And and if if mentoring matters, right? Helping people learn more, get more skills, understand their business better. And, and they're not able to now get those skills because to provide those those lessons is too frightening. Better I'll just send an email. No one-on-one -on -one conversation. No reading body language mm -hmm. to see what's what's working. What's I'm a body language guy. I like to see people when I talk to them to understand how, where they are in, in the conversation to make sure I'm getting through to them. There's nothing worse than like when you're doing public speaking and you can't see the audience because you don't know how it is <coughs> that you're connecting. You mm -hmm. don't know how that's actually working. So you, uh, for me, I need to see them. But if but I listen, I, I work at, at a radio station. And I don't, there are rare moments. I, I used to do it more, and now I do it very rarely. I won't go into somebody's office. I won't do it. I will not go into their office. I will not go into a woman's office. I'll be at the door when I ask my question. I won't do it. I, because I, who? It, it's, it's a crazed way of thinking. Now, since I know what I'm doing in my workplace, and I don't engage in any of those conversations... I don't do any of it. I feel pretty confident day in and day out. My problem is, and I think this is where a lot of people think, they don't know what the other person is going to think. We're talking about levels of stuff that gets invented. And it's not just on this idea. No one should think, oh, it's just women. There are guys out there who decide they're offended that, oh, this was said wrong or this. That. They find ways to be hurt. Or misinterpreting a female colleague being nice to them as them flirting with them. Right. So right, yeah. that's Nobody's a whole other that conversation. Nobody is that into you. Right. I got to tell you, copy guy. No, nobody. Can we just 
Can you just say that again for effect? Like, just say it again. It needs to be said. Nobody is that into you? Yes. Who am I saying it to? The people that need to hear it. Yeah, nobody's that into you. Why did you look at me and point at me when you said that? <laughs> but it's true. Not everybody who says, uh, um, uh, hey, there, there, there's pie in the break room. They're not actually saying, man, I wish you would send me a picture of your junk. That's not what they're saying. But it's just a shame how <laughs> this is all turning out because, and look, sexual harassment's an awful thing. And I think everyone here would, would say that that's an awful thing. But it's turning into where people are scared. It's almost like the Mike Pence rule is coming into play here where you're scared to, a bunch of colleagues are going out to lunch. You want to go? Uh, you know what? No. No. Go, we're going out to dinner. No. No, thanks. Well, a bunch of you are going. Well, but it could be a private moment. It. It's not worth it. Well, what if what if four of you are going to leave and you're there, a male-female employee, and then things can get, it's just not I worth it. I have never, in the almost five years I've been with my station, I have never attended a uh, after-work mixer. And they have them sometimes. Never once, never ever, no chance. The only time I've, times I've gone to things has been with my wife. I wouldn't put myself in that position. It is so completely not worth it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you'll hear people say at my workplace is um, is that yeah, like like they either they don't know me or hard to deal with. Like that's the best one. You bring me a deal, I'll talk to you about it. But oh my god, I'm not hard to deal with because I'm not going to show up to a mixer. I don't want the issue. That's not hard to deal with, or that's not you know a being a diva or anything else. I don't want it. I'm avoiding the problem all together. And also, I'm not so quite sure I want to be around these people when they're drinking. God only knows. That's the other problem. I don't attend the things not because I'm going to do anything wrong, but because they might do something wrong and then remember it differently. I don't need it. And can you imagine if you worked at a, a rock station or, you know, a, a, you know, a, a, radio, a sports so talk station? Or I something? have always heard about radio back in the day. Yeah, when like um, everybody was drinking, the drugs were everywhere. The madness that would take place in stations late at night. People would wake up under their desks. I have heard stories. I'm like, wow, that is insane. Uh, excuse me, I have to go now, and I immediately leave because I don't think the conversation could be any good for me. I gotta go. I gotta get out. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the way that whole industry was for a, a great number of years. Me too backfiring I don't know if that seems to bother anybody does it bother anybody does it get are they like wow we pushed this a bit too far we wanted to have a conversation that you can't be uh, utilizing power over people for for uh, you know in, in this way just because you're in a in a position of, of authority you can't abuse people like this okay I'm down for that and here we are now people are afraid to talk to one another Don't you think that part of it, too, is I think when the Me Too movement first started, there was really something there and it was genuine, but then it became quickly politically corrupted and used as a political weapon. And now there's even more of a pushback because of that. Well, I always thought that was to the idea that that the for many people, the thrust of Me Too is the accusation means you're guilty. It was immediate, immediate guilt. It wasn't, uh, hey, let's talk about this. Nope, you're guilty and you have to be ended. And they tried that with certain people. I have, I still to this day don't understand what Louis C.K. did wrong. I can't tell you what he did wrong. Now, we've talked about this before and I've had 
kind of diff- some differing thoughts, but in the end, Louis C.K. liked to um, take care of himself. I guess is the best way you could say. Is that the way you would say it? I don't know. April's just making strange faces at me. Uh, and, and he liked it when, when people watched. He liked it when women watched. So he would ask. He didn't just start doing it. He would ask. I think, no. He was, he, and, and it was, he was a, a superstar was an abuse comic. of power. Yeah. Is that an abuse of power? It's an Asking? abuse of power. If you're the opening Asking act. someone lower than you. But he didn't, he, he wasn't their boss. Um, As I know when the you're story. the god of the com- com- comedy com- comedy uh, circuit world, world uh, basically, and you've got your little server, server bar server chicks in there, or whoever, yeah. who want to be comedians but they're not. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, there's so, a, he, that's so he could have asked somebody else. Power. He could have asked somebody else. Uh, sure, but, if he if he asks Sarah Silverman or somebody, sure. I, okay. So, I'm, by the way, according to her, if I hear this, if I've heard the story right, someone double check me. He has. And she did. Okay, but right? say, say I'm Louis C.K. and April's the opening act, and I say, "Hey, April, I want to see a man about a dog in front of you." And you say, "No, okay." And then I then turn to the comedy club and say, "I will never work with yeah. April again." Bingo. Has he ever done that? We ever? We don't know that. Well, but I, maybe, I, I, maybe I think April, that would have come out. I don't think he ever but, did but that. But maybe April is at in that moment thinking, "Oh my God, if I don't sit here and watch this, maybe he will do." So something. if he had asked um, Cheryl Sandberg, the chief operating officer of Facebook, "Hey, do you mind watching this?" That would have been okay. I'm just. I just want to make sure. Does she find him attractive or not? <laughs> But it, would that have been okay? They they are they are on more level playing ground, and it's not an abuse of power. It's not an intimidation if he had situation. Asked his bank teller, hey, can you watch this? Would that have been okay? She's a she's on a different she's on a different playing field. If he had asked a fellow comic, a comic hey, intern, w- w- would you watch this? So Sarah Silverman's okay, but an up and comer is not okay. It's okay if she says yes, yes, no, but she he, she's. He can't blackball her because she is already uh, famous. She's already Sarah Silverman, right? But she, he can blackball all those other people below him. Can and did. Aren't those two different uh, things? But after the fact. But if you're in the moment, Tony, and you don't know what he is really like, you just show up. Oh, my gosh, this is cool. I'm opening for Louis C.K. And then Louis C.K. takes a look at you and is like, hey, by the way. What if you've been a comic for four years and you've asked Louis for advice on this and advice on that and he got you... A gig once, but you were just friends. It was cool, and everything was like. And one day, you're like all just drinking at. You guys were drinking at like your apartment, and he's like, "Hey, can you do me a favor?" That's different. Now, did, did this happen in the comedy club, or did this happen at a, a, a social? I thought event this happened. It's not that, other, it's not that much different because then that person still feels like, "Oh, well, I owe him to let him do this in front of me." Or, and if I don't, then he's going to stop getting me these gigs. So, what if he never got you a gig before, and he was just a friend, but you were a comic and up and comer, and you guys kept the business side uh, separate? That's t- that didn't happen. I'm just asking the question because it, it, it is all the things that we just went through is exactly why men are not willing to mentor. Because there are nine bajillion situations and conversations and the angle this way and the angle that way. You can mentor without whipping anything out. I totally agree. It isn't about that because nobody is saying that that would be in the right. The argument being made is I can't mentor because I don't know what might on any level 
of even something read or discussed or a story told, here's what happened to me in business, could make them think, there's a story about the Indianapolis Colts and an announcer by the name of Bob Lamey, who was the longtime radio announcer for the Colts. And Bob Lamey was recounting a story about um, another uh, sports figure. And he was recounting the story, and this has happened 30 years ago, where that sports figure, who was a, an IndyCar driver, race car driver, used the N-word. Now, the race car driver in question is a guy by the name of Derek Daly. He's from Ireland, where the, the N-word, as they call it, had a very different meaning. He was in the U.S. for like really the first time or the second time. He had no idea that it meant something different here than it did in Ireland. And so he actually said it in an interview on TV, referring to himself as the N-word. And Bob Lamey told this story some 25, 30 years later to somebody else he was uh, in an office with. There happened to be a third person there. That third person was offended by a story that was told to somebody else that he was quoting somebody else. And Bob Lamey lost his job. So there's a reason why people don't mentor. And I think people who are listening to this podcast who live outside of Indiana have no idea what a legend he was That's in the true. state of Indiana, that which makes it even more And I would argue, and, and I've met the man, it, it was one very, very nice conversation. Um, he was probably due to be a guy who retired. Spent many years doing the thing. Right. But it was a recounting of a story. And that's why I think people don't mentor. Horse Soldier Bourbon is why people drink bourbon. Great sponsors of the show, American Freedom Distillery. We're talking about the guys who are the reason for the movie 12 Strong. We're talking about members of the military dropped into Afghanistan after September 11th to go after Al-Qaeda. They had to ride horseback. And that's why they're called the Horse Soldiers. And Horse Soldier Bourbon, gold medal winning, fantastic. Ask for it by name at your local liquor store or check out AmericanFreedomDistillery.com. AmericanFreedomDistillery.com for Horse Soldier Bourbon. I have never had a mentor, so I don't even know what the process... Have you ever had a mentor, April? Yes, no? Necessarily. Yeah, I never... I I always said I never had a mentor because I had a father. It's always been my line, it's just, and it happens to be true. I mean, in, in certain different jobs, yes. I mean, to, to some degree, there, I, I feel like there's always people in, in positions that I can learn things from, and I do try to learn those from them, but not someone who just, you know, is a long-term type. Right. Blah, blah, Never. blah. Yeah. You fingers? Pauly Shore. Yeah, well. Now, Mitzi. Mitzi would have been again. Oh, my God. That would have been a good mentor. And I can only imagine the fun stories Mitzi would be able to tell. She's passed away now, right? I think so. I think so, Yeah, too. recently, in the last couple of years, I think she passed. But uh, the stories from the comedy store... Must be unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. you got to find April D. Gregory on Twitter at April D. Gregory. And, of course, the uh, Smart Girl Politics podcast at ricochet.com. Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook. That's where you find him. Facebook.com slash Fingers Malloy Radio. Find me on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Twitter, Tony Katz. Instagram at Tony Katz. Uh, you're, you're a fan, April D. Gregory, the Arturo Fuente, Don Carlos. Fantastic. You, you yeah. brought One up a point best. during the regular podcast that people need to listen to, of course. It, it amazes me how the pepper hits you, the spice hits you immediately, and then it, it's like coming in waves. It is. Mm-hmm. It's really been a very interesting and worthwhile smoke. 
uh, not cheap, but worthwhile uh, for sure. The Arturo Fuente, Don Carlos, and the bourbon, sorry, New Riff. Well done, kids. Well, well done. Oh, don't make that face, April D. Gregory. Is this expensive? Do we have an idea? Do we have? Do they give us a price uh, point uh, on the? Uh, let me, I think I have it. About forty bucks a bottle. That's reasonable. Absolutely, absolutely. This is uh, this is solid. This is oh, and and honestly, we've we, we've talked uh, like the, there are often fruit flavors that happen in, in in bourbons. You know, cherries, plums, things like that. Candied orange. It's the best way I can describe it. And don't forget, eat, drink, smoke on iTunes. Subscribe. Five-star review. That's what you have to leave. Write a review. Leave a review. Five stars. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, Snack Size Edition.